Welcome to the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast, where we untangle the past, rewrite the present, and reclaim our future. I am your host, Tammy Vincent, and together we will break free from old patterns, heal wounds, and create new narratives. Are you ready to transform the effects of your dysfunctional past into your superpowers? Are you excited to get back in touch with your true authentic self? If so, then hit subscribe and join me weekly on the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast. Here we will learn from experts as well as experienced thrivers how to turn our trials into smiles while living our most authentic and joyful lives. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Adult Child of Dysfunction. Today we have with us a special guest. Jeff Higgins, and I'm going to just let Jeff tell his story. Go for it, Jeff. Welcome. Hope, glad to have you here. <laughs> Tammy, thank you very much. You're taking a great professional risk just turning me loose like that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I uh, I call my uh, my talk struggles and summits. You know, some of my summits, I uh, uh, on April the 6th, 1983, I in the cafeteria of Milford High School over a spaghetti lunch, I met Shelly. And we've built a beautiful life together. We have uh, three children, three beautiful daughters who are married to three great guys, seven grandchildren. We've been very blessed. And, uh, you know, I'm a successful entrepreneur. Shelly and I started a company together. Uh, it's called, uh, uh, well, it's a seasoning company. It's called Saver Seasonings. And uh, we make, uh, you know, the seasonings that you eat, like on your snack foods, potato chips and popcorn and on meat rubs and things like that. Um, and uh, we've been a, a, a blessed to be a 20 year overnight success story. We've always tried to incorporate purpose into what we do. And so, you know, our company is really about purpose. It's, you know, we our, our purpose statement is just serve people. Very simple. Uh, we try to live that out in our company and what we do every day. In uh, 2016, I decided that I wanted to, you know, kind of do one of those, I guess, bucket list items and climb Mount Rainier in Seattle, Washington. And um, in line with that, you know, and our purpose, we decided that we would use that occasion to raise money to build a special needs school in rural Guatemala. And we were able to raise $25,000. I summited Mount Rainier on April 11th, 2016. And it was a tremendous experience. Um, but you know, those are my summits. I've also had a lot of struggles. And I say in life, you know, I think that our greatest teacher is really in our struggles. And, and you know, that's what I talk about. Most speakers like to talk about their summits. I like to talk about my struggles because, well, let me tell you a story why. When I was young, my brother was kind of a violent guy and he would get angry and he would punch holes in the, in the walls of our house. He would get arrested. He would uh, be in juvenile detention quite often. Um, one time, it's a poignant memory from when I was a child. I remember my mom taking a smiling portrait of our family off of the buffet and hanging it over one of the holes that my brother had punched in the wall. What I tell people is, you know, you can't fix the hole in the wall until you're willing to take down the smiling picture. I believe that transparency is a lot of times where healing takes place. So we had kind of a difficult household. Mom was an alcoholic. 
Um, and dad was often away on, uh, on business. Tim and Krista were from my mom's first marriage. They were a few years older than me and used to physically abuse me. When I was 11 years old, my mom drove the wrong way on the highway and under a semi truck where she died at the age of 38. When I was 14 years old, my brother, who was 22 at the time, had a beer in his hand as he drove his car under a semi-trailer that was exiting on, a, on the road, on the highway. Um, so he died at a young age, too. And, you know, both of these events really hit my sister uh, pretty hard. And she didn't handle it the right way. She turned to alcohol. Um, I did too, but I was, you know, a high functioning alcoholic, if you will. Uh, Krista, you know, not so much. She was in and out of the hospital at least uh, close to a dozen times, uh, in some type of alcohol induced coma. One time when she was in there, I sat with her next to her bed and I said, Krista, I said, I've had to bury mom and I've had to bury Tim. Don't make me have to bury you too. She broke the promise that she made to me that day when I was called to the hospital, and this time there was nothing they could do. I had to make the decision to remove life support and spent the next three days with her while she died. Now, as difficult as losing my mom and my brother and my sister were, um, right then, a couple months after my sister died, the biggest storm of all hit. Um, I was golfing with my friend, Father Chris, <laughs> Chris. Chris loved to golf so much, he told some fellow priests he wanted to die in a sand trap, straight up. And uh, and Chris and I loved to golf together. We were together almost every weekend. We uh, we always had a good time, and we loved to share our faith on the golf course. And uh, this day when we went, uh, he wa wanted to go for a ride in my car, and uh, that ride lasted less than 10 seconds when we ended up down an embankment, upside down in a sand trap, where Chris died. It was all over the media. Uh, it was quite a circus, but, uh, you know, I was pled guilty to vehicular manslaughter, was sentenced to time in jail. And subsequent to that, my own alcoholism turned into a rage that almost consumed me. And I look back on my life because today, as I sit here, um, I'm living my best life ever. You know, how, how does that happen? Uh, and, and I started looking at some of the key things that went into me being able to um, resurrect my mental health on multiple occasions. And I think that there's a few key things. And one of the main things I think that we do in our struggles is we ask the question, why? And I think that that can be very destructive. I ask the question, why? I mean, why did Chris die? He's sitting a foot from me and I walk away with barely a scratch, you know? Uh, why was my family so messed up? Uh, why do people drink like they do? Uh, you know, all of these questions that we all have. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times we ask the questions that don't have answers. And that just, you know, disturbs our mental well-being. And I think that there's great release in letting some of that go. What I tell people is, you know, instead of asking why, ask what's next. You know, let, what am I going to do with this? How am I going to use this to, to be better or to better those around me? And so I, I think that that's real important as we uh, travel 
the path through life because we all have these struggles and they're you know your struggles don't need to be big like my struggles big i say that your, your struggles are not the same as my struggles uh they may be in some cases but they may not be but you know struggle kind of hits us all the same you know depression anxiety stress um i look in the in the news i i know that we're suffering from a lot of this and um and so you know it doesn't have to be uh, life-changing, little struggles come at us constantly, every day, right? So, and, and one of the things that I tell people I think is real important because especially when the big struggles hit, right, that we oftentimes um, people say, uh, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I don't believe that that's true. You know, I believe that, I mean, my sister's a perfect example of that. You know, we had a very difficult childhood and it didn't uh, benefit her. You know, she ended mm -hmm. up drinking, drinking herself to death. You know, I've spent time in jail. I can tell you that jails are full of a bunch of inmates who had difficult childhoods and difficult lives, and they chose to be bitter because of it. And I think that it's up to each of us to make that choice, you know, and I had to make that choice as I sat there in my own jail cell, you know, am I going to be bitter from this or am I going to be better from this? Am I going to use this as a stepping stone or am I going to use this as a stumbling block? Because, you know, I still had a lot of life to live. And, and I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that was prominent in my mind is those people who went before me, including my friend Chris and my mom, would be cheering me on. Come on, Jeff, you know, you've got a lot of life to live. And so I chose to be better, you know, because of this. And I chose to use it in, in ways that I can, like doing this talk, right? Talking to the people, the hurting out there, the people who are struggling and, and that. So, um, so yeah, choosing better or better is, is so very important. Yeah, another really key important, Tammy, uh, key point, Tammy, and, and I wanted to make sure that um, you understand how important this is, is just um, forgiveness, grace, um, reconciliation, you know, whatever you want to call it, how important that is to our, our peace our peace of mind and our, and I knew that if I was going to be uh, a functioning person again, that if I was going to be able to get my head straight, that I was going to have to do a high level of forgiveness, buddy. It was going to be the biggest mountain I had to climb because I had to forgive myself for Chris's death. And that's not a, a, that's not an easy thing. Right. And, and we all have things that we need to forgive ourselves for. And that's where we need to start. That's where I had to start. And I think that it was vital to my path back. But then next is everybody else, right? Our parents, <coughs> excuse me, our families, institutions. Um, you know, the list goes on. Who is it that you thought of first when I brought up the, this whole topic, right? That's the, that's the one. Right? And I know it's not easy. I know it's hard because we're talking about some high level stuff here, right? People have been harmed in some really bad ways, but I can tell you that you need to release it, I think, in order to move to a, a peaceful life. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, forgiving myself, I had to forgive myself. You know, let me, I've got a story for you, Tammy, that's, I think, real important for understanding how important peace is. And there was this guy, his name is Gary, right? And Gary made it his job to try to stir up as much trouble during my trial as possible. 
he was a friend of Chris's. He was a former bailiff. Um, he had access and, um, and he wanted me to be, uh, prosecuted to the fullest extent. Make no mistake. Gary was probably the reason I went to jail for a, um, uh, uh, you know, an infraction of, uh, being convicted of something that mo very few people go to jail for. Gary was talking to the press. He was talking to the prosecutor's office and he was talking to Chris's family, he stirred up a lot of bitterness towards me. A couple of years after I got out of jail, Gary got tried to get in touch with me. He gave me a call. I didn't answer. My attorney said, yeah, you shouldn't talk to that guy. <laughs> he's, he's done his damage. He said he wanted to, uh, uh, he sent me a letter and he said in the letter that, you know, forgiveness is a very important thing and it's a gift that we can give each other. So I went against my attorney's advice and I reached out to Gary and I had already forgiven him in my heart. He was one of the first people on my list and I was glad to give him that. What I didn't realize at the time was Gary was dying. He was terminal and he was trying to make things right. And I think that, you know, a lot of us know these stories about people who find out that their time is short and they make the effort to reconcile, to forgive and, and to make things right because they want to die in peace. Right, Tammy? Don't, mm -hmm. don't we all want to die in peace, right? So if, if that's what we do in order to die in peace, Tammy, doesn't it follow that that's what we should do to live in peace? And Makes sense. Order, right. And so, you know, I, I think it's so important for our peace of mind, for having peace in our lives. And frankly, peace in this world is forgiveness and reconciliation. And I practice it constantly all day. You know, somebody cuts me off in traffic is rude to me, whatever it is, you know, whatever I, that I feel, you know, when I feel that that resentment or, or, you know, hitting my heart, man, I'm, I'm on the forgiveness train right away. That's, that's how important I think that is. So, yeah. So forgiveness, reconciliation, and, you know, a lot of times it doesn't have to be face to face. I, you know, at least in my mind, I need to forgive somebody because they may not even know that they harmed me or that I feel harmed by them. And, you know, it's just up to me to clean up my side of the street. Yep. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, and then, you know, there's, I, I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought here, but um, uh, I, I think that probably one of the things that has kept me going my entire life is when I kind of learned as a child how important purpose was. Uh, maybe it was because of the untimely death of my mom and my my brother. Um, I, I don't know. Um, but for me, you know, living a life of purpose and using my experiences that I had for a better uh, for for good was very important to me. And so, you know, I think that uh, the purpose was one of those keys to living a, a healthy, uh, fulfilling life. And, you know, um, I have a friend, his name's John, and John used to be a cop. And he said that he was oftentimes with people in their last moments of life. And to show you the importance of forgiveness, he said, in their last 30 seconds, people often said the same thing. I wish I had more time, regret, right? And did I make a difference? Well, I think that it's very deep human need for all of us 
and important for our, who we are as people to have purpose in our life. Now, a lot of people have a difficult time trying to find purpose. And I understand that. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, kind of say, well, my purpose will hit me when it hits me. And, you know, you kind of go through life and figuring at some point it's going to show itself or you're going to find it or whatever it is. I don't know. But I think you have to actively pursue it. I try to incorporate purpose into my daily endeavors. Uh, uh, the big things and something big like climbing a mountain, then attach it to something bigger, like building a school for special needs children in Guatemala. Or if it's, and, it can even be small, like, right? you know, I tell, you know, it's like, I've always told my kid at the grocery store, tell people to have a blessed day, right? Just watch the smile on people's faces. Just, you know, yeah. even if you have nothing to give or feel like you have nothing to give, yeah. you always have something to give. You always can make somebody else's day better. And if that's, right? if you're just doing that, the baby right. steps, you know, start somewhere, start yeah. somewhere because it's, you know, especially a lot of the people that we deal with or I deal with, especially that, like you said, your parent, your mother was an alcoholic. My, both my parents were alcoholics. I grew up feeling like very little, like I had zero purpose. Yeah. My, my, my mission was just to coexist and to keep the peace and to just kind of be there. I really wasn't given, you know, wasn't ever told I had a purpose, wasn't ever encouraged to have a purpose. But I think, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's important. And I think for people out there, like you said, just baby steps, start small. It doesn't have to be, I mean, yes, it'd be great to climb. It doesn't have to be I, climbing I, a mountain. How high is Mount Rainier, by the way? 14,410 approximately. How much? 14,410. I did a 14,205, I think it was, the day before my 50th birthday. And boy, that was the most physically demanding thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Rainier's the same way, except Rainier is glaciated, so it's a technical climb. Mm -hmm. You have crampons and you're tied together in teams and there's, uh, you know, crevasses that you go across on ladders and it's, uh, it's quite an adventure, quite an experience, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It doesn't have to be like that. You know, it, we had a Super Bowl party, you know, and, and, and we used it to raise money for soup, you know, SOUP for the local food pantry, or like you said, you know, just being kind to somebody at, at the, uh, at the checkout line, uh, you know, the cashier, they, they get a lot of grief all day and that's something that each of us can give and 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 what i tell people is i think that if what i've found is if we add purpose into the little things in our mm -hmm. lives that it will lead us eventually to our purpose you know what we feel is our purpose in life and, and so that's that's an active way you can do that another thing uh place that a lot of people find purpose is in their struggles Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, a lot of people are familiar with the five stages of grief, right? Um, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Um, the, that was written by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and, and her protege, David Kessler, based on their work together, wrote a book not long ago is called the sixth stage of grief, finding meaning and purpose. That oftentimes people find meaning and purpose in life in our most difficult circumstances. And people who have, you know, suffered as children very oftentimes find their meaning and purpose in helping other children. For years, I taught senior high Sunday school classes and, and I uh, 
at led youth groups and, and, you know, I felt a strong compulsion to help out children that were going, um, you know, that were growing up because heck life every day can be difficult. Um, and sometimes, uh, you know, a lot of these kids are going through difficult stuff at home that you don't even know about. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I love, I love what you say about purpose and I love what you say about, oops, sorry, I was getting a drink of water, but not because there's no cup in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I absolutely love what you say that. And I think that I love the forgiveness too. And I like coupling that up with the forgiveness, with gratitude, with a feeling of gratitude, because forgiveness, forgiveness, while it brings you peace. So, you know, I, I look at both sides of that too. And I, I love that because it does, it gives you just that sense of, just letting it go and just not holding on to animosity. And, and, you know, a lot of people have this idea of forgiveness that, you know, you're letting people off the hook or you're whatever it is. And it's like, no, no it's not about them. No, it's not about them. It's about you. It's about you letting go of the anger and the, and the animosity mm. and the hatred and the resentment. And so that you can live a better life. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 it's only hurting you. Right. Absolutely. Um, because that other person probably doesn't even know that you're, you <laughs> <laughs> you know, that you're still, that this is grading at you. Say. But, you know, they may too. Um, I, I, I don't know. You know, studies have found that the act of forgiveness can reap huge rewards for your health. This is from um, Johns Hopkins. Uh, lowering the risk of heart attack, improving cholesterol levels, sleep, and reducing pain, blood pressure levels, and levels of anxiety, depression, and stress. You know, this is so important. Uh, and, and, you know, that's why I talk to people about it. It was important for me and I firmly believe it, you know, that all of those things are, are possible. The more forgiveness that we try to incorporate in our daily lives. And, and sometimes the self-forgiveness is the hardest part. That oh, is when you absolutely. have wronged someone, it's you literally, you know, I tell people, give yourself some grace you, know, you yeah. have to give yourself some grace. I love the comment that you made about your friend too, when you said finding faith in the sand trap. I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, there yeah. ought to be a, a pun somehow with a, like, I don't know, like a bumper sticker or something. But <laughs> <laughs> I love that comment you made that we were finding faith in a sand trap. And I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> but I don't know. I just, that just struck me. Yeah, as no, funny. It's, I it's like great. that. You know, it, um, and, and, you know, forgiveness is is not necessarily a, a, a churchy thing. And it's just, you know, it's it's something that I think that we were built to to have and to to give. It's part of who we are as people. We were made to reconcile and and not to hang on to this stuff. Right. Absolutely. And it just it's just holding jet bad feelings in general, whether mm -hmm. it's anger, animosity, whether it's um I don't know, just anything, you know, like the sadness, the grief, all of that. You just have to deal with it. But at the same time, sometimes I think like forgiveness is the one that's tough because it's it's a lot of self-reflecting in there. It's a lot, you know, it's it, it's a, it's a, it can be a tough one for some people. Sorry, oh, my absolutely. dog is 
because you know that we we've been in hurt in terrible ways especially you know um, um you know by our parents a lot of times and um you know yeah and, and i wanted to build on that you say you brought up about uh, forgiving yourself and i do believe that that's the hardest one to forgive um but you can't forgive anybody else any more than you forgive yourself no Absolutely not. So you, you have to start there. You, you have to forgive yourself entirely, honestly. Um, that's best case scenario, but you have to forgive yourself first. Oh, yeah. And I love that you said, you know, just and everything is a, like everything is a lesson. Like you said, every bad thing that happens, every bad choice you make. It, it should be a learning experience. Nobody's we're not be. perfect. Right. I mean, we were born in perfection. And, you know, when I say we were born, these beautiful, pure, divine creatures, and then life happened and it made us think differently with this altered lens on our eyes as far as right. what the world's supposed to be. And we react because of it. So, yep. yeah, if you and, make, and, I mean, we're we going to make plan. We don't plan ahead for this stuff, mm -hmm. right? No, no, nobody's, you know, we plan for the weddings, we plan for the births, we plan for the job promotions, but we don't plan to be unemployed or yep. to be bankrupt or to be imprisoned or divorced. Right. Uh, you know, the, these are not things that we plan for. And so, and so, you know, I often tell people it's, it's important, I think in life, like climbing the mountain or whatever it is, you know, that not all, don't always choose the easy path, you know, mm -hmm. choose the hard stuff because that does prepare you, you know, choose the voluntary hard stuff is what I'm talking about. That's the stuff that, that really helps you to, to build yourself and to, to prepare yourself for when the storms of life hit. And they will hit inevitably. But I love that. That's one of my favorite sayings is I can do hard things. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, if you're always taking the path of least resistance, you're going to always be in a path of very little resistance. Yeah. But my dad used to have an expression and I used to love it. And I remember one time he said to me, you know, I was like, I want more. I just feel like there's more. And he was like, He's like, well, do you feel like you're doing something amazing? And I was like, no, not really. He said, you know why? And I said, why? He said, nothing amazing ever happens in your comfort zone. Yeah. Get out of it. Get out of it. You know, and it wasn't until, I mean, years later, he used to tell me, I used to, he's always used to say, you should write a book. You're a great writer. You should write a book. And it wasn't until I was 53 that I finally wrote that book. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, do, do the hard things. Do the hard mm -hmm. things. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And also, what was the other expression you used? I always take these little golden nuggets is um, you used another one and it was basically being I I took it as kind of being the victor, not the victim. You know, you can use yeah. it for I don't remember the exact two words you use, but that's that's a big one when you've gone through stuff. I mean, you said you grew up with the, like the alcoholic mother, mm -hmm. um, a lot of people. And, and like you said, there is no there's no hierarchy of dysfunction. No. If it affected the way you think about things and the way you view the world, you know, I said, I, I don't, I can't stand when people come to me and say, well, I didn't have it as bad as you. Like you said, it's, it's not about a, a it's no. not a competition. No, no, it's, it's not it, you know, and, and I just, I bring up my own struggles because it gives me credibility and transparency. I believe that healing happens in a transparency and community. And, and, you know, so I bring up and, and I'm very careful to tell people, yeah, you know, don't please, let's not compare 
our hardships because uh, you know, it's not about that. And, and we may have similar experiences, like I said before, but we, we may have very different experiences, you know um, but you know, struggles, what brings us together oftentimes, I mean, healing happens when divorced women come together uh, when uh, women of uh, sexual abuse, especially like when they were younger come together and, and are transparent in their, their pain and their difficulty. Um, this is, this is when, uh, when healing happens. Oh, absolutely. And there is so much in transparency and, you know, they say every time you tell your story, you're healing, you're healing by sharing. Healing and not only stuff. that, but I kind of look at it like with what I, you know, with, with my niche of people, a lot of them are children of alcoholics or addicted parents or just whatever it is. And there's still shame and stigma attached to that, that there shouldn't yep. be. There, no. Like you said, you didn't choose that. You didn't wake up and be like one day, like, oh, I think I'll have abusive parents today. Right. I right. my head in shame for the rest of my life. But, you know, to for you to be out there telling your story and to being vulnerable and saying, I went to prison or, you know, and it lets people understand you're human, you are human. Right. And now you're standing here and you're smiling and you're speaking about hope and, and healing and, and a better you, living your best life, yeah. you know, and there's, and that will, that will touch some lives. Just, well, yeah, I, I hope so. You know, uh, I've been given a lot. Um, and I want to make sure that it's, um, uh, useful. Amen. That's awesome. Does that, does that make sense? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you, you know, and, and they say there's, there's no testimony, testimony without a test yeah. and you have survived right. the test and you have come out with a, an attitude that is hard to come by quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, most, I, I can't work. even imagine. It takes a lot of work. Yeah. And, and, you know, and this isn't nobody, in my opinion, and, and I'm no, I don't have any degrees in this, <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've spent a lot of money on psychologists and psychiatrists over the years, <laughs> but, you know, this is all just experiential. And, um, but, you know, my, my experience is that um, our, our difficulties um, absolutely can, can make us better and, and they can strengthen us and they, they can give us purpose. And, and yeah, you know, I think that we grow up thinking we should hide our struggles. We should hide our difficulties. Uh, it's not seemly to, you know, but, but, and, and I'm not talking about Facebook transparency. This, that, that's, you know, talking to Bob, the bartender transparency. I'm talking about, you know, when you're in a community of people who have similar experiences, you know, like, like uh, childhood uh, difficulties and traumas and this stuff. I don't know if you've read the book uh, by Bessel van der Kolk uh, and the body, the keeps body the keeps score. score. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, it, and it talks about how, you know, what we, when we suffer through trauma as children and, you know, physical, mental, what, what, whatever it is that it actually physically changes our bodies mm -hmm. uh, and, and leaves, you know, lifelong changes, physical changes to who we are as people. And uh, this, this stuff is, is real important and uh, you're not alone. A lot of us have gone through it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's important, like I said, it's important that there's advocates out there that are talking about it. And then I tell people all the time, you know, look at, don't look at the symptom, look at the cause. And every single person I ever talked to with, it always goes back to something that happened when you were a child. 
and you're yeah. always going to, you're always going to store it in your body. Yeah. 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 It's literally, it's, you know, you, you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. And that's why a lot of what I do yeah. is like, I was talking about is dealing with like the subconscious because yeah. that's all stuff that was rewired at a oh, very, I very young age. I, I had a lot of that going on for years. Yeah. Mm. Just remember Tammy that there can't be Easter without good Friday. Yep. That's a very good point. That's yeah. a very good point. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you tell us what you're doing now? What do you are you I know you're speaking. Yeah. What groups do you speak to? So, yeah, I'm open to uh, to speaking to any groups, large and small. Uh, you know, I uh, I'm a very successful entrepreneur, like I said. So, you know, I'm kind of in my second act in life. I've, I've you know, kind of stepped away from that semi-retired, if you want to call it, and then pursuing the opportunity to uh, to talk to audiences um, uh, uh, wherever I can. I have a website. It's jeff-higgins.com. Uh, and on uh, Facebook, it's Struggles and Summits. Struggles and Summits. Okay. And I'm going to put all these links and everything in there, but I just lo I love that you're sharing a story. I mean, I can't even fathom that. I cannot fathom your sister or your mother, then your brother, then your sister, and then your best friend. I mean, it's, it just, and all in a short period of time, it seems like not, you know, it was actually, it was kind of over a lifetime. I mean, you know, there was the trauma of my childhood and then uh, the other things with my, my sister and the, and the car accident were, um, you know, in my uh, early fifties. Okay. That was, so that was yeah. recently, but yeah. that's, but still it's, it's, four things that some of us only experience one our entire life and, and, do, and, and it crushes us. But yeah. I mean, you're proof positive standing here talking that just an attitude, you know, and that you have choices, you choose, you have a choice every single day on how you react to something, how you act to something, the choices you make going forward, what you learn from it. I believe my very first podcast guest was a, a woman called, um, her name is Carolyn Deck. And literally, that was the name of it. You have only one choice and it's yours was the name of the podcast. <laughs> and that's what she said. Everything is a choice. You know, things yeah. come flying, you know, things come flying at you all day long. It's never life will never be perfect but until you I, get I to told, heaven. I've told hundreds of kids. I said decisions determine destiny. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That is awesome. So if you could for the listeners out there. um, <laughs> Give them a piece of advice or some words of wisdom or something you can leave them with that they can, knowing that they've, most of the listeners here on this podcast have gone through some crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I know. Um, wow. I mean, there's just so much more, uh, you know, I, I really feel for uh, the brokenhearted um, and, and I know God does too. Um, you know, um, April, 11th, 2016, I summited Mount Rainier, the hardest physical challenge of my life. Within a year, I had lost my sister, had my car accident, and was facing charge of homicide. April, or I'm sorry, August the 11th, 2022, exactly six years to the day. It was also a Thursday. I got my driver's license back. It was like the last thing, right? I had done the community service. I had paid the fines. I had done my uh, time in jail, my uh, house arrest, all of that stuff. Um, and this was the last part. 
I got my driver's license back and it felt you holding that driver's license every bit like, you know, being on the summit of that mountain. And, you know, that was the, the time in between had been the hardest uh, mental uh, challenge and spiritual challenge of my life. And um, what, what I just, I want people to know is, you know, first of all, um, life can change on a dime. Um, be grateful for what you have every day. And that's not to be a, a scary or a negative thing. It's just, you know, that's the way life is. And, and you ought to be, we ought to be thankful. I think every night we go to bed, gratitude is so important for our, our health and well-being. And, and we don't practice, I know I don't practice it enough, but I think every night, you know, it's important to be thankful for what you've had that day because tomorrow is not guaranteed. You just don't know. And, um, and again, that's, uh, that's more just, you know, slow down and enjoy the stuff you have uh, because it's, it's not always going to be this way. And, and uh, so enjoy what you have, enjoy the blessings in life, enjoy your family over the holidays. You know, I know this time of year is hustle and bustle and chaotic and crazy, but embrace it and enjoy it. You know, I spent a Christmas not too long ago in jail. Hmm. There was no Christmas presents. There was no music. There was no decorations in the guard shack, nothing. Right. <laughs> I no longer complain about the hustle and bustle and the stress uh, of the holiday season. I embrace every bit of it, you know, because there was a year that I didn't have it. And, uh, you know, I, I just think it's so important for each of us to embrace and, and be grateful for those things that we're blessed with in our lives every day. Love it. Absolutely love it. For those of you that listen and have heard some of my other ones, you know, every morning before I get out of bed, that's what I do. Five things I'm thankful for every single morning. And boy, the older I get, the harder it gets in the morning. It says first two minutes, but boy, you can always find something. Always yeah. find something. There is always something to be thankful for and grateful for without a doubt. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, for coming. I really appreciate it a lot. Thank you. Tammy, it's been wonderful. I so enjoyed talking with you and your listeners today. Perfect. And for those of you out there listening, you heard it again, another story of hope. This one is more, more and more about forgiveness and gratefulness and just really taking the time to enjoy what you have. Thanks a lot. And we will see you next. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast. If this episode resonated with you or you think someone else could benefit from what you heard, why not share it with someone you care about? Let's heal from our past and take back control of our lives together. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to www.tammyvincent.com for a free chapter of my book, Surviving Alcoholic Parents. While you're there, be sure to catch my invigorating seminar, Awakening Your Authentic Self. Together, we will rewrite our stories and turn trials into triumphant smiles. Until next time, keep embracing your strength, keep being you, and know that you are more than enough. You are way more than enough right here, right now. <laughs>